oh, we need to be making a lot of bad decisions along the way because it's an indication that we're giving a crap and we're trying and we're trying different things. And even if this is minor as I tried pottery and I hated it, you know what, to me, like, great. Now, you know, you don't like pottery. And now what's the next thing you're going to try instead? Like you gave it a go. Good for you. High five. Smash all those stupid bowls you made. Like what's a win. But first a message from our affiliate. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Flare Up Show. I have one of my most favorite people on today. She's a bundle of energy. And it's funny because she talks a lot about death and the idea that we are temporary here on this planet. And yet she is one of the most delightful, engaging and amusing and inspiring people to listen to. She really knows how to tackle a heavy subject well and use it well. Um, so my guest today is Jody Wellman. She's a speaker, she's an author, she's an executive coach and a facilitator, and she teaches people and organizations on how to live lives worth living. She founded 4,000 Mondays because she wanted to help people make most of the time that they are lucky to be above ground. With 25 years of corporate leadership experience, most recently as Senior Vice President of Operations at a leading health and lifestyle organization, Jody has led private CEO advisory boards and coaches executives and normal people too <laughs> on how to work well and live even better. She has a Master's of Applied Positive Psychology from the University of Pennsylvania, where she's also an assistant instructor and facilitator in the Penn Resilience Program. She is an ICF professional certified coach and a certified professional coactive coach. Her TED Talk is called How Death Can Bring You Back to Life and it has over 1.3 million views. It is the 14th most watched TED Talk released in 2022 out of almost 16,000. And she's a regular contributor to psychology today. So I don't want to share a lot. I just want to get right into this topic. Um, and I share at the end of this episode, you'll listen as I share how Jody herself personally impacted me during my recovery last year and just why I was so thankful to have a chance to speak to her uh, for the Flare Up Show. Enjoy Jody Bowman. From feeling broken and ashamed to unlocking potential and transforming your life, it is possible, as you'll see in transformation coach Christina Foxwell's new book, The Glass Angel. Foxwell shares her story of breaking free from shame and fear and finding hope, love and freedom and guide you to do the same. Get your copy of The Glass Angel, a guide to freedom, peace, transformation and growth by Christina Foxwell at ignitepurpose.com.au. That's ignitepurpose.com.au. I'm so excited because I have one of my most favorite people in the whole world on today, and that is Jody Wellman. And I don't want to talk. I want you to do all the talking. So tell us a little bit about you. Where do you live? What are you known for? And what is your area of expertise? Oh, well, first of all, thank you for that giant warm hug of an intro. I mean, <laughs> oh, I have such a spec back for you. Um, okay, so I am sitting here in Palm Springs, California, mm -hmm. um, but uh, 15 years prior in Chicago and grew up in Toronto. So there's the path. And I am very much consumed by hyper-focused in a great way. I need to find a better word than obsessed because that just sounds a little bit potentially problematic, but with- Passionate, yeah. Right. Okay. Passionate. Thank you. 
exuberantly overly passionate about, uh, <laughs> um, you know, my work, which falls under 4,000 Mondays, which is my company, um, which really is all about this notion that let's count our Mondays because we got 4,000 of them. And if time's ticking, like we want to just get moving on the things that we long to do rather than doing the thing we usually do, which is, oh, I'll do it later, but we might not be able to. <laughs> <laughs> so that that's what's going on with me here in Palm Springs. Yeah. I love the, Yeah. I love the 4000 Mondays because it really is a almost a shocking visual when you think about it because you think about how many Mondays you've had and it doesn't seem that long. It really puts it into perspective. I shared I shared, you know, we have an average of 4000 Mondays with uh one of my coworkers at Ignite Purpose and like they went white. They're like, "Oh, I don't like that. Never say that again, please." <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. It It is funny what the number will do to some people. Like I'll do this in workshops and I get people calculating yeah. and I can just tell that some people are, um, you know, a tad, let's just, we'll call it just resistant. And some people are game. And then when I ask how many people have left, they're the first ones with their hand up. They want to tell the whole wide world how many Mondays they have left, like with no, no care in the world that it, whether it's 600 or whether it's 2,600, it's, it's yeah. amusing how we feel about this. Yeah, it really is. So how did you become enthralled with this, the big sleep, right? At that concept of momentum, Mori, what got you onto this path and made it your passion? And I have to say, I love that whenever I talk to you, I think we're going to talk about death, but then we always have this fabulous time laughing and giggling and just enjoy ourselves, which I just I love. It's so absurd. It's amazing. I love it. Well, I, that is a huge compliment because it would be a bit of a brand buzzkill if I was always morbid, morose, <laughs> and like completely like one foot in the grave. Like, yeah, and I feel, I hope you're onto it. Like the whole point of talking about the fact that we are very slowly rotting corpses in the making <laughs> is in service of, oh my gosh, we need to live like before we die, you know, or let's not like be walking around like the walking dead while we are supposedly alive. And so, yes, thank you. It's supposed to be. Of course, we're going to poke a stick at the Grim Reaper in order to do this. But, um, but I guess to answer your question, uh, well, you used the word absurd a second ago, and that's always been the way I think about how, like, I've always been in the professions about helping people live better, right? So originally, I worked in the fitness business for 17 years, and that was like, let's feel better, let's feel fit and happy. And then, and it was always in that voice, I don't know why. Um, but then it did translate into then uh, executive coaching, leadership coaching, normal people coaching, yeah. let's live better. But something was always missing. Mm -hmm. It was this funny thing for me of, we need a kick in the pants, right? Like many of us do. Some of us are self-motivated, but we're all just weirdos if we are. We need a deadline. We need a little bit of that extra something to wake up because we do take our time and lives for granted. Mm -hmm. So in all this work I was doing all these years, I have been fascinated by the fact that we're all going to reach a sudden end despite our valiant attempts to just, you know, acquire things we like the look of and feel of and live a life, you know, live our best lives. So I went to school, um, and studied positive psychology at the University of Pennsylvania, best mm -hmm. year of my life. And I did a thesis on this topic of memento mori, which is like remembering that we must die. Uh, again, not to be too morbid, but just to be very much like, how do we use this to just live with more intention? Mm -hmm. So by studying it and by writing about it and reading about it and back to the word obsessing pleasantly about it, it really made me go, oh man, I, we gotta we gotta talk more about this. And how do I, how do I become... I don't know, like I'll call it like the Grim Reaper's cheerleader. How do I do this and make this something where I help help 
Um, I'm envisioning black pom-poms. Um, <laughs> only I have no sense of choreography. That would be a terrible routine. But uh, how do we how do we really just rally around this idea? Like life life short. Let's do something with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love it. I really love it. And although you teach living life well, mm-hmm. and you're very vibrant and full of energy and how we need to embrace our temporary mortality with vigor. But you also, on the other side, stress the value of equanimity. Can you share a bit about what that means to you and why that's also an important thing to put into place to practice? Ooh, I'd love to. It's one of my new favorite, it's new to me. Other people are like, yeah, honey, it's been around for a billion years. But the word equanimity, I think, causes us to scratch our heads and say, sorry, what? Yeah. So it's sort of, it's defined as having uh, like a lack of attachment to a neutral sort of observer's mode to whatever's going on in our lives. Very sort of Buddhist base, very, I mean, anybody from an Eastern sort of background would just be like, this is obvious, but (laughs) we do this thing typically, right? Where we have real judgments and opinions about the bad stuff. And I'm like, number one in line with that, that sucks. Or, you know, I don't want that in my life. And you're very much opposed to it. And you're doing everything you can to kick and scream away from the thing. I'm going to be honest for many of us, it's the idea of our mortality. Mm-hmm. And so we deny it and we don't want to talk about it. And like your colleague who went white in the face, like, don't ever talk to me about 4,000 monies again, bitch. Yeah, um, I'm sure she said it more lovingly than that, but <laughs> like, we don't want to go there. And so that is an example, by the way, of not having equanimity. It's about avoiding. It's about pushing away. It's about denying, defending, overly trying to fix the bad stuff. And so that has an energy to it that isn't great. Fascinatingly, to be equanimous also means to not have attachment or judgment to the good things in life. And admittedly, I got a little bit uh, uncomfortable with this part because I like the positive psychology view of like, let's embrace our strengths and what's good. And so, oh, honey bunny, if something's good, I am holding on to that as long (laughs) as I can. And that's where I got confused in the whole point of it. And then I got less confused, which is to say, um, differentiating between appreciating a good thing and savoring it and even seeking it out. All that is amazing. It's when we have a good thing and we cling to it fiercely that like a new relationship or like a job or like everything we have that we're like fiercely afraid to lose because we have that scarcity Mm -hmm. belief and, or, um, they even say that the notion of like craving more of the good thing is what can lead us to that sort of mental imbalance of, well, oh man, like nothing's forever in, 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 in any part of the universe. And so if you cling fiercely, then how's that going to be for you when inevitably the water flows in the river beyond like past you. And so it's having a sense of level-headedness about everything that's going on around us. Mm-hmm. That's the deal. I love it. And I think I know for myself, yeah. <laughs> sometimes I think about the highs and lows, like, cause I'm a big feeler and I'm like, do I have bipolar? No, I don't. But I <laughs> think I could relate a bit because I enjoy like the rush of really great things. And to feel that you need to feel the really big sorrow. Sometimes you have to have the big sad, but yeah. the tying of the worth to it is really oh. where equanimity is important because you can still be a great person and have horrible things happen to you. Right. But if you tie your value and worth to these things that are happening around you or in your environment that aren't always 100 percent your fault, I think that's where equanimity really comes into play. Like, okay, no, this is just a hand that I'm dealt. How do I play it? 
you just took it to a whole new level. I love oh. that. I love that. Yeah. I was thinking of it simply as, it, you know, as it's often presented as just your simple way of being yes. Yes. versus though you're right. It goes deeper into, well, what does this say about me? The, like you said, value. Can, yeah. that's, that's the master class. I love it. <laughs> Although we have limited time and I know that we sort of stress that with Momentum Mori, but we do have opportunities to reinvent ourselves even in the short time that we have. I think sometimes people think it's just always been this way. This is the hand I've been dealt. I should just accept my fate and just continue on until I die. But how do we grow our mindset so that we, we kind of get to this idea of living many lives within our one life? Oh my gosh. This is one of my favorite questions ever (laughs) because the idea of being alive, it does have as many, shapes and faces as we choose to give it. And so there is a concept in psychology called like best possible selves. Mm -hmm. And it is an idea that like as human beings, we're the only species, at least to our knowledge. I don't know what the dogs are doing, but we, you know, (laughs) they they may be imagining better versions of their lives too. Probably are. We just, we just think we're so superior, Uh, but we can imagine uh, different scenarios for ourselves. Sometimes they're crackadoodle, you know, like I'm going to be an Olympian. And yeah, honey, no, you're not. You're not athletic at all. So that would actually be an example. I wouldn't dream that anyway. But for many yeah. of us, we have this ability to call prospect and it is the ability to foresee possible futures. Mm-hmm. And well, we can reinvent, which I think is a, is a nervous word for a lot of us, because that does mean changing the status quo, even if it is not comfortable. We obviously get comfortable with Um, a certain amount of settling or tolerating or discomfort because it feels safe. But once we can transcend that idea that, you know what, I, I can change my career path. I can't, even if it means starting over at the bottom of the totem pole, or I can move to a new town or I can, maybe it's even like dye my hair, Mm -hmm. that color that I thought would be kind of cool. You know, I can become the person who wakes up in the morning and meditates, or I can't like all the things that we may remain, you know, big fancy notions, tiny little changes that it is that exact um, belief and then action step that we can take to, to become different versions of ourselves and have those versions evolve too. I think we get attached to this idea, like I'm the kind of person who, and we own that story. It becomes our narrative. And then it somehow becomes so rigid and it's harder for us to change it. Cause again, we create safety. We build lives around an identity or of, of who we are, how we think people see us. So it does mean jumping over, like a, gaining some momentum to get over it. Um, but it, but inevitably uh, that is one of, I think the differentiators between people who get to the end, the literally the end of life and have that sense of, I, I killed it. Like I lived my life. I did the things I longed to do. I wasn't necessarily, well, here's the thing. It's not that they're not afraid to make changes. It's that I was a little bit afraid, but I did it anyway. You know, Mm -hmm. I took that job in London, even though it scared the crap out of me, but I did it. And, um, and that was a version of me that I really became proud of that I, that I was maybe brave or that I tried something new and maybe it didn't work out for me past 18 months, but I'm so glad I did it. Mm -hmm. You know? So I think it's, um, giving yourself permission that, it's not about waiting for fear to pass. It's just about waiting your way through, you know, and it is about give yourself permission to dream like the dogs do. <laughs> and um, 
One more little trick that I think that is helpful is if you have a role model of someone who's done it, don't reinvent the wheel, do what they've done. Like there's a woman that I know here in Palm Springs now. She's so lovely, a friend of mine. She's 82 and she's the queen of reinvention. And she's reinventing her life again at 82. She's like, this, these are going to be the best years of my life. And she's had some pretty darn great years. And, and she's changing her life. She's going to move. She's going to simplify. She's doing like, holy cow, role model, right? Like be pe- like finding people out there that are exemplars for us can be really motivating. I, I love it. And I love that it takes a different perspective. Sometimes we have one life to live. Sometimes people go, oh, I better get it perfect then. And I, I don't oh. think that's true. Someone someone asked me yesterday in a in a coaching session about what if I make the wrong decision? And I'm like, well, it, it's a choose your own adventure. Like you just flip back a couple pages and start from that decision, right? Like there's no, unless you actually do die from it. Yeah. <laughs> there's, yeah. there's no rule that says you absolutely cannot try to go back to that point and you know not not in time but at least you can set yourself into a position and be like okay well, what if I made that decision now instead of back oh. five steps ago right like yes you just made me think about you know the whole thing in business it's like you want to be taking some risks and if you're not failing enough it means you're not taking enough risks yes. that totally applies to life where you know my belief in this is that back to again studies of the life well lived or not getting to the end and feeling like your life was left unlived <gasps> horrifically, how that would feel. Right. Well, that faces how I feel when I think about it. Um, is as far as I'm concerned, if there was a prescription, it means, oh, we need to be making a lot of bad decisions along the way because it's an indication that we're giving a crap and we're trying and we're trying different things. And even if this is minor as I tried pottery and I hated it. You know what? To me, like, great. Now you know you don't like pottery. And now what's the next thing you're going to try instead? Like, you gave it a go. Good for you. High five. Smash all those stupid bowls you made. Like, <laughs> what's a win? It really is. Like, life is so much more interesting. I always find people that, you know, fail really loud, much more interesting to be around than people that try to get it right all the time. Yeah, I, just, I, don't, I don't relate to that. So I <laughs> I'm, messy. I'm loud. I'm gonna make mistakes. Like I'm so human. It hurts sometimes. Well, it hurts. Yes, and it's supposed to, right? <laughs> and like, and when we get to the end, I like the idea. And maybe this is just um, I'm more open to experience. You know, and those are the big five personality traits of psychology: the openness to experience. Yes, sign me up. But I like the idea, even of whether it's careers or phases of life. Back to what you're talking about, like versions of our lives, best possible selves. I like the idea of stints, you know, or chapters. Okay. I like books. So I sometimes call it a chapter. It depends on the mood of, and then I did this for this block of time. Right. Yeah. Or then I moved here for this block of time. And I know I'm talking about being a nomad and I'm not, but if there are adventures we want to take or things we want to try on for size or try that career route for a few years. And if it doesn't work, it doesn't necessarily mean it's a bad decision because you're labeling it that it means, oh my goodness, on my deathbed, I want to talk about how I was a personal trainer for three years and wasn't that crazy. And no, 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 no. You know, the, the, the like feeling like those blanks. And again, even if, especially if it doesn't quote unquote work out for the long term, but whoever said it needed to be permanent anyway, right? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. We have choice, we have free will for the most part. Um, and actually that brings me to my next sort of question, because I want to talk about the areas of life that we sort of can't avoid, like 
like I think <laughs> live your best life I mean we're like let's go to a beach let's go see the Eiffel Tower let's you know sail around the world but yeah. the reality is there's still these elements of life that we have to participate in in order to you know have food and water and shelter <laughs> and <laughs> and then sometimes we're in places where maybe we choose our career we love our career but now we're stuck with people that we didn't choose to really do that career with because they just happen to be there yeah. um so how do you embrace those 40 hours a week or so where you're you're still living the best version of you but you're mm -hmm. sort of doing an environment that maybe you are like man I wish I called in sick today <laughs> <laughs> right how sick can I be every week yeah <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah I you're, you're on to, I think just the, the plight of humanity, right? Cause I think it can get rosy sounding when it's this conversation about trying pottery and maybe liking it and doing the fun things. And like you said, sailing around the world, cause these are the notions we have. Yeah. And I think that, um, I, I have, I have splintered thoughts about it. And so I'll begin with this notion of, um, managing our expectations. Mm -hmm. So many will define happiness as the, just the difference between our expectations in reality. And so a simple hack is, well, like, let's just manage our expectations so that we're not expecting necessarily life to be all the fun and games. And, and most of us are realistic enough to know, of course, like work is not always going to feel like your true calling or your relationship will not always be picture perfect, et cetera, et cetera. But sometimes it is about, okay, if I right now I'm not financially free and I need to work these hours every week, then I'm going to need to do a little bit of suck it up buttercup for a little bit. And what do I do though? Here's the, so number one, managing a little bit of that is acceptance. But I think what we do is we underestimate the impact of the little things mm -hmm. and we overestimate the life we think we should be living, which is one that allows us to sail around the world. And so this gives me the best delight ever is for most of us, we get a lot of life satisfaction and happiness out of the things that I call like widening our life with vitality, the fun and pleasurable things, and then deepening our life with things that feel more purposeful and with meaning. Mm -hmm. And for many of us, we are getting into that autopilot zone where we are working and then we are coming home and we're making the same meal and we're watching the same show and we're falling asleep and we've got rinse and repeat. And after X number of weeks and months of that, life does begin to feel dull around the edges. And that's when we start to feel like we're not loving our life anymore. And I don't want to make a change when I would actually say, what if you interspersed the very life you're living with just more intentional and thoughtful things that do add a little bit more of that width and depth and joy. So maybe instead of, you know, finishing work and then going through the motions, but spruce it up, intentionally go and drive out of your way and walk through a forest preserve. And then on the way home, you know, pick up Greek food and just eat that at home and have totally changed the day. Right. Mm -hmm. Or many of us do have some free evenings and weekends, even if we're working. Right. Yeah. But that discretionary time, we don't manage as well as I think we have the ability to. And it does not mean that we need all the time and money in the world to do these things. For me, a lot of the times it's like, I'll say to a friend, oh my gosh, we have to get together, but I don't make a plan. And then all of a sudden we'll reconnect nine months later. We'll go, oh, we have to get together. Oh, you know what? We actually have to say, do you want to get together on September the 27th mm -hmm. at 6 PM? And we're going to meet and we're going to have a catch up and it's going to be so much fun. And we're going to get, you know, and, and that night is now a very different night than it would have been if I had just come home and watched Netflix. 
And so it's about being intentional with the little tiny bits of our time that we do tend to underestimate. What do you do? You, do you do that? Like, what's your experience about the the little things adding up to big things? I am a big believer in little things, and it was interesting because I sort of had a little bit of a, a wake up call yesterday. So I was I was actually getting coached yesterday, and and I was quite busy, so I was feeling a little overwhelmed. They're like, "What do you like?" I'm like, "I like trees." Okay. <laughs> what's the nearest tree to you? I'm like, oh, it's about a five minute walk because I live in the prairies or it's all grass. Yeah. She's like, well, can you find five minutes to walk there and do something beside that tree? I'm like, yeah, I could. Will you make that promise to yourself? I'm like, I did. And I took my cat and I <laughs> cuddled my cat and I felt the breeze and I was like, I couldn't believe it. 10 minutes, I was right back to, and it's funny because sometimes you forget, you get so in the busy, even though I know these little moments of joy are important. Sometimes you, you forget that they don't take as much time as you think they will. Right. Oh my God. I love fall asleep under the tree. <laughs> you did, you did, you fell asleep? No, no, no. Oh, <laughs> I just think as long as you don't fall asleep. If oh, you sleep, it might, okay. It might take an hour or two. Yeah. Okay. I have to ask, you took your cat. I feel really obviously an outdoor cat, obviously. No indoor. Yeah. I just pick her up and cuddle and and your cat didn't run away no she doesn't she likes the breeze she likes to okay. sit there beside you this story just got like 18 times better <laughs> so good okay your example is stunning because it is about small dose something that enlivens you or sounds like it restored you maybe just change your whole perspective on a crappy thing you were thinking about or not thinking about i love this that's perfect i remember um once um, I don't remember what the grief was, but I was driving. I got some bad news and I was really upset, but I needed gas. I stopped at the gas station and I'm crying and whatever. And just, I don't, whatever. It's embarrassing. But then I saw like a pack of bubble gum at the counter. I'm like, oh, I haven't had that since I was a kid. Let's do that. And I sat in my car and just blew bubbles for a while. I'm like, okay, I feel better now. The inner child is a little bit consoled <sighs> with bubble gum. Yeah. <laughs> and that again is another great example. I love that. Little things that similar one um is the thing about enjoying the seasons in a way where we will let them pass us by unless and so one example that often comes up in summer is like somehow getting yourself to the corner store like as a kid and just getting a popsicle yeah. and sitting on the curb and eating it and just not having a well it's not that you don't have a care in the world but does it let your does it let your mind stop for four minutes yes. and just kind of look and stop and be glad you chose the one you chose or you know yes so these are the mini little breaks we need. And I would be remiss though, if I didn't say that, of course, there are times where the little tiny things are great and you still can't overcompensate. You can't make up for a job that is soul sucking, right? Or a relationship that is just not destined for any kind of success yeah. or a big burning hole in your heart where you need to move to the mountains and your, your body and life will not be the same unless you do. Those are things where... Um, if it's chronic, that's something to pay attention to. You know, yes, I believe we can fill a lot of voids with a lot of um, the small stuff, but don't don't sell yourself short. And the biggest test I have for that is that whole deathbed regret. If I was lying on my deathbed and I looked back on this life I'm living, would I have that feeling of, man, you should have just changed that job? You know, because that's the thing when either people I work with who've had brushes with death because they've had a maybe a really scary diagnosis. Uh, and then maybe they're fortunate enough to be in remission, say, uh, or research done on people who are in hospice who are at the end of their life. 
the stuff that we care about, they don't care about. And that's where I want us to see that clarity be like, my time is dwindling. I, if I want to be a veterinarian assistant, why am I working as an accountant, right? Or why am I trying and trying and trying in this relationship if we can just come to an amicable end? Even if I'm alone for 19 years, I might have a greater shot at happiness. And I also might find new love, maybe 19 times over. Like the fact that we owe it to ourselves to make sometimes what takes bravery uh, in order to shake it up and, and live a life that maybe we would feel proud of again for trying when we get to our deathbed mm-hmm. I love it a friend of mine always says if I'm scared about something they're always like if you didn't feel afraid what would you do right now mm-hmm. take the fear out of it and then if you still don't want to do it you don't like right it is what it right. is right it is I am um, I wanted to actually share something personal with you because the first time we spoke was on uh, my podcast that I was helping out Clarissa Burt, right, within the limelight. And it was right after I had my near-death experience. And I remember when she asked me to book you and I saw your topic, I was still full of the hormones that had come through because of that, because it was a brain issue. And so I had all this adrenaline and cortisol and I was, I was a big mess. And like, I couldn't even talk about people that had died in my life even years ago my mom said something about my grandparents I'm like oh my god I can't even handle just don't I don't want to think about death at all and so when she had me book you I was super nervous and I was like oh my god like maybe I should tell Chris I can't do this and it wasn't because of you but I was really just in that I was I've never been so afraid of dying and I think back then it was more about I think you're right it was on that deathbed I'm like is this the legacy I really want to leave behind like, no, I'm not ready. I'm so not ready. But because I still had these scary feelings about, because it was hit and miss and it it could be something that happened again. Okay. So there's all this anxiety. And then when we spoke, you just, <laughs> you your energy and your vibrancy and just the matter of factness that you spoke about, it was really a turning point where I was able to use those tools that you talked about and the skills and suggestions to turn that moment into a divining moment right Mm -hmm. so that was you were I really believe you were put in my life for that very specific reason at exact that time so thank you Mm. I'm so glad you've shared this and I am so glad that we've come across each other in this way um and you've made me think twice a little bit about how I can sometimes well maybe being flippant can be exactly the disarming thing about it and yet I talk a lot about how people who've had any kind of an experience coming close up to death. I I want to be careful now that I don't glom every like giant paintbrush that it's eye-opening and beautiful for everybody, right? Like, so I am curious, by the way, has time yeah. changed for you, your appreciation for life, or maybe you're still in a mode where it just still feels like, nope, it's actually super anxious. Don't even talk about it. What's it like? <laughs> it's, 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 so much better it was a journey and I was it was it it wasn't like an instant thing it was sort of like it's okay we all go through this if it was so terrible that it's going to happen one day it wouldn't happen to all of us and I started just the way you talked about it 
you weren't flip. I don't want to say you're flip because I think you're amusing and you inject an appropriate level of humor that helps talk about hard things with a little bit of brevity. Mm-hmm. And I love that. And mm-hmm. so that does give you a whole fresh perspective where it's still honoring the struggle that you're going through, that I was going through, but also just shedding a lightness to it that made it a little bit easier for me to carry. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So so as I started practicing some of that lightness and mm-hmm. reading, you know, more of your things and talking mm-hmm. a little more about it on that level and sort of opening up to uh, mm-hmm. people that were in my life about those those um, thoughts yeah. about death, which was funny because the Barbie movie, when she's like, do you want to think about death? I'm like, oh my God, that's me. I am. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> people have told me about that scene. That's great. I need to watch it, don't I? It's so good. Um, and now today I feel good. I feel like I said, I've my being able to change that perspective going, okay, my life isn't over. And at first I was really angry and I had a lot of anger about what had happened and I just didn't know how to resolve it. Once I got past that, then it was, no, I'm, I'm doing what I want to be doing now. Like I am and I check in every day and I really ask myself, is this where you want to be at the moment? What do oh. you want? Oh. And and so that's really been the key okay. thing. It's like, I have this day in front of me and yes, I have responsibilities, but I also get to take care of myself now, mm. right? And, and because time is short, but also full yeah. and vibrant, how can I make it what I need today? And just sort of listening to what I need, if that makes sense, more than what I want to achieve. It's it's a very different space now. I feel like it was almost like I graduated from, you know, like junior high to high school. Like we're like, oh, we're in the big kids club now. So <laughs> that makes sense. Those are my rambles. Yeah. I love that metaphor. That is so good. <laughs> I love that. I love that. And can I just ask your point about weight checking in every day? Is there a ritual you have when you do it? Or is it just at some point, you know, at some point you're going to ask, like, how do you do that? In the morning, I ask myself, what do I need to get out of bed? <laughs> right? What's going to make it worth it? Because my bed's really comfortable, mm-hmm. right? So it, it's that. So it's just little check-ins through the day. I have little affirmation cards that I'll use throughout the day. And if I feel uncomfortableness, that's usually yeah. a check-in point, but. Yeah. Oh, you just blew me away. I love everything you've said. And that's, yeah, it's inspiring. And uh, oh, oh, so glad we're connected. <laughs> me too, me too. And I know that you have another appointment. So is there anything else you'd like to share with the audience? Anything you want to pitch or push or just enlighten everybody with? Oh, gosh, no pitch, no push. I mean, other than this whole thing about like, let's, let's be willing to go there and, uh, and talk about the uh, the you, know, you called it the big sleep. I've loved, I love that one. Uh, let's yeah, let's be willing to talk about it, but so that we don't have a slumbering existence while we are yeah. lucky to be alive. Like, and and let's yeah have bubble gum in the face of tears and have you know time with cats and trees, not in the trees. Ideally, no, that'd be that'd be not relaxing. Um, but making time for ourselves, being thoughtful of the time we spend with ourselves um, by, because exactly count, do the countdown. Cause if the clock is ticking backwards, then I don't know about you, but it sounds like we both want to make the most of it. And I think your listeners do too. 
Absolutely. Thank yeah. you so much, Jody. It's always an honor love to you. speak with you. I love you. Oh, right back at you. Love you too. <laughs> Thank you again, Jody, for being on the show. It's always such a pleasure to talk to you. You just get me so excited. And um, again, I just wanted to say thank you for having such a positive impact on me at a time that was you know, a great time to be impactful on me. So thank you so much. The time was amazing and I'm just really blessed to be in your circle. And everybody else, I am looking now that the summer is wrapping up, sadly, pretty soon I'll be getting back to weekly episodes as usual. So thank you so much for those of you that sort of stuck around over the summer and be like, will there be an episode? Maybe there won't be. We don't know. I didn't know some weeks. <laughs> and I think I have been going through a lot of a, a, a big learning curve, which has been something I've been really grateful for uh, this year. You know, it can be scary to learn new things, which we actually talked about in this episode even. Um, and you can sort of start to wonder as you try on different things or different careers, different paths, different activities, you wonder, is this what I meant to do? And then usually you come back to the answer. And uh, so I've been just really blessed to have great uh, coaching, mentoring, lots of support in my life. And uh, I'm just really, really thankful about how things are coming together and starting to really get excited about what is yet still to come. And I think that is a place in my life that I am very excited to be in. Because for so long, I was in fear, fear of what to do. Could I do what I wanted to do? Could I have what I wanted to have? And now we're in a place where there's a lot more possibility. And that makes me super excited. So I just wanted to, again, say thank you to my faithful listeners and if you liked enjoyed what you heard please subscribe please share the show with a friend and please let me know if there's any content that you would like me to cover if there's someone out there you would love to hear on the show let me know we'll make it happen anyways you guys have a wonderful wonderful week and we'll see you soon stay tuned